Ladies and gentlemen, welcome to the Pick and Roll Report. Patrick Butler here with Nate Haller. Nate, how are we doing? Hey, Patch, I'm doing great, man. Um, happy you can make it to the den. Uh, how, how are you? I'm great. I mean, the first time in the den in a while. Just got some den dining uh, from the dining hall here. Great food, great service, um, really fast service. But uh, <laughs> Super fast, yeah. Yeah. Um, but, you know, I'm doing great, having a great week. Uh, only one exam this week and got, like, a 95 on it, so we're grinding. Congrats, man. Thank you. I appreciate yeah, yeah. it. Um, I just want to shout out the Ballaholics. It's uh, ONU's finest uh, intramural team. I was lucky to be a part of a playoff game, and we won. So I just want to shout out Haley and uh, everybody else that's on that team. That's it, was, it. it was a great experience, and uh, I just really meant a lot that you let me play. That's exciting. Very good, so. That's really exciting. Yeah, i got to give a shout-out to uh, to Logan Taylor and the Miami Hamilton Harriers on the three-peating. Yeah, wow, um, three-peat. Also, we just want to just do some shout-outs here. Let's shout-out. Schreider, second team uh, uh, all-conference. That's yeah. big time. Clayton for just giving a lot of shout-outs, so mm-hmm. we're going to give him a shout-out. Brielle, uh, really good Snapchats. Yeah, Jake Bocasio, no shout-out for you. No shout-out for you this week. Oh, we got some oh, tough, bad, yeah, tough yeah. Snapchats from you. Um, shout out to the Bucks and, uh, and the Celtics and the Celtics playing right now. So, but you know we got an exciting pod for you guys. Um, you got a lot of college basketball. We're diving really deep into college basketball. We're giving our final four predictions. We're giving our uh, biggest underachievers in the last ten years of the NCAA tournament with the tournament starting in a month. Thought that'd be a pretty cool topic to to discuss. Yeah. Um, we're giving some of our favorite prospects that we have, just guys we love to watch. Maybe guys you might want to turn the game on if, if they're playing. You might want to check them out. Mm-hmm. As well as we're going to talk a little MLB, give our uh, divisional predictions for the champs, as well as talk the Manny Machado deal. So, you know, we'll get right into it. But first, we got to give it over to Gus. Holloway, 11 to go. Holloway kicks it out. Crawford, 8. Crawford's got to hurry. Up. about a month away March right around the corner uh, Patch and I are going to power rank our uh, biggest underachievers in uh, the NCAA tournament in the past 10 years Patch uh, to my surprise had uh, the University of Cincinnati on his list yes I did um, I, I surprisingly had Kansas on my list uh, I couldn't keep him off uh, when I sat down and just looked at it uh, which surprised me uh, we talk about our final four predictions uh, Patch and I, looks like we're riding the UNC hype train and um, talk about some of our favorite prospects and guys to watch in the tournament this year. For sure, dude. All right, Patch. Um, why don't we go in reverse order here, so five to one, um, with one being the biggest underachiever. Who's your team number five? Uh, so my team number five will be the Texas Longhorns. Okay. Um, so they've had nine appearances in the last ten years. Pretty exciting. I mean, only yeah, one year not making it. Stat. That's a good stat to have. Um, but they've only made one Elite Eight and one Sweet Sixteen in those nine appearances, and they were the two seed that year with three guys that went on to get drafted. Um, Is that the uh, Miles um, Turner team? No, older. It was like two thousand eight. Yes, DJ Augustine. So in the ten years, they've had ten first round draft picks. Um, and 11 players that have gotten playing time in the NBA in mm-hmm. those 10 years. So they obviously have a lot of talent. Um, they're a team that, you know, they, they were a two-seed at one point, and that's the only time they've really done anything in the tournament. And on average, they're a six-seed, and uh, to make zero Sweet 16s, or besides the one, the, out of the eight other appearances, zero Sweet 16s with an average of a six-seed, um, just something that I thought they were underperforming, especially for being a big-time school like Texas. They have had some big names like Tristan Thompson, Kevin Durant, yeah. Miles Turner come through there, um, Obamba, all these guys, and they just haven't really performed well in the tournament, in my opinion. I could definitely get on board with that. Um, my number five team is going to be Kansas. Um, you know, you might think well, Kansas, you know, they've been really good in the tournament. They've made a, a few Final Fours, and, you know, while it is true, um, you know, they won the national tournament in 08. Um, but in 2011, they were the one seed and lost to uh, an 11 seed in the Elite Eight. Um, they lost, they've lost to a 9 or 18 in the second round three times in that span. 
and also in 2014 and 2015, there were two seed and lost in the second round. So that's that's six second round exits as a one or two seed in the past uh, 10 years. So that's why they were uh, number five for me. It was kind of hard to put them on the list with two final fours in a, champ in a championship, but um, I thought that was a pretty crazy stat. So. Yeah, you know, at some point you got to really just value like what the program, like Kansas is a big program. Mm -hmm. um, and so although they have made the Final Four twice, it's something that you look at and you say, I mean, these teams should be losing to them. They should be making it this far every year. Um, but I'll go to my number four, which is the UC Bearcats. Um, eight times in the past 10 years they've made the tournament. Also, great stat. Um, only one Sweet 16 from them um, with an average of a six seed. So they're typically the higher-ranked seed in all of their matchups, and they've only made it to one Sweet 16. Uh, pretty disgraceful from one of the worst college basketball programs in uh, the history of college basketball. Yeah, that, that, that pumps me up that you put them on your list. Uh, that makes me really happy. Um, they didn't make my list, um, but that's just kind of because they're pretty irrelevant to me, so I didn't even think about I guess they're not underperforming if you just expect them to perform that bad every year. That's a good point, Patch. Um, so I want to clarify something with Kansas. I said it was six times they lost in the second round as a one or two seed. It was only three. I read I read my stats wrong, read my notes wrong, but still. Uh, tough stat. Tough still. stat. So my number four team is going to be New Mexico. And so while you know you might not you might not think New Mexico is is um, one of the top basketball programs in the country, um, I saw a couple stats that kind of surprised me. Um, They've, made the, they've only made the tournament four times in this span, but they've been a three seed, a five seed, a three seed, and a seven seed. So those are some really good teams. And in 2010, they lost in the second round to, the, to an 11 seed. And then in 2013, they lost in the first round as a three seed. So they lost to the 14 seed. And then the next year, they lost as a seven seed in the first round. Um, and... To me, I just I just thought, you know, when you have when you're when you're a school like New Mexico and you have um, teams that are that are three seeds or even like seven seeds, like to kind of build your program, you have to take advantage of those opportunities um, as maybe a, a less known program. So I just thought that was like kind of really disheartening that they that they haven't that they didn't make uh, that they didn't take advantage of those situations. Yeah, I mean. Yeah, I would never think of a school like New Mexico City that you, or New Mexico New State. Mexico, yeah. no, New, Mexico, New Mexico. Oh, just New Mexico. The Lobos, yeah. The Lobos. Okay, I wouldn't even expect them to be like a team that would underperform. I would expect mm -hmm. them to be a lower seed, but it's kind of crazy that they yeah, they've I, had those high seeds. I was in pretty shocked too. Past tournaments. Uh, but my uh, my number three here, I'm gonna go with Virginia. Um, this one okay. was tough for me between two uh, two schools. Mm -hmm. They both start with a V. Um, mm -hmm. But Virginia. Um, six appearances in ten years, which is kind of shocking to me. They they seem like a team that's always in the tournament. It's always a, a top seed, um, but they've been a three seed one time, mm -hmm. or, or a one seed three times, and yeah. that's in that six times that they've been in the tournament. So they've been one of the best four teams in those six appearances, um, and they only made one elite eight, uh, which is kind of garbage in my opinion. They average a three seed in general. Um, last year they were up fifteen with nine minutes and thirty three seconds left, or no no no. This is against Syracuse. Against Syracuse, um, Syracuse was a 10 seed. They were the last team in the tournament. Uh, they were up this was in 2016. 2016. They were up 15 with nine minutes and 33 seconds left, and they lost. Um, just kind of, I was at the game. Pretty mm -hmm. exciting. I was yeah. getting razzed all game for wearing my Syracuse gear. Sure. Uh, at the end of the game, I was I was in their heads. I was in their faces getting at them. Um, but for a school like Virginia, that is one of the best uh, college basketball programs in recent years. For them to make one Elite Eight, and be a three seed three times or one seed three times. Sorry, I keep messing that up. Mm -hmm. um, it's just something that I thought was pretty atrocious and something that's not a good resume. In yeah, the I mean that's like what you have to. Con what do you? It makes you wonder what what do you consider a good program to be? Because if you look at their tournament history, like they haven't been one of the best programs right. in the country, um, and they're they're uh, one of the teams for me. Um, I will never predict them to make a Final Four. Yeah, I've they never have picked to, them. They have. I have to see it to believe it. I it's kind of like the Raptors making the finals, something like that, you know. I also forgot one key stat: they lost to the 16 seed. Yes. Um, the I, worst team I, in the tournament. I was gonna say, I thought I was. But uh, yeah. I mean, I made a great case even without that, and then yeah. you add that in last year, and it's just atrocious. Right. UMBC of all the teams. Right. Um, so, I'll. 
I'll give my number three team, who is your number two, I believe. I believe. Vanderbilt. Yep. Uh, Virginia was my number two, so I won't give my reasoning because, you know, Patrick covered it here. And then, so I'll talk about Vandy here. They're my number three team. Uh, Vandy's a team that I have, so I go to the NCAA tournament every year. Vandy's a team that, for some reason, I've seen play a lot. Yeah, they're, they're always, always they're always the 5-12 yeah. every single season, it seems like. Um, so, in 2008, lost in the first round as a 4. 2010, lost in the first round as a 4. 2011, lost in the first round as a 5. Uh, 2016, lost in the first round as a 6 seed. Um, that's pretty atrocious. Um, 13 over 4 is something that is not totally uncommon, but it doesn't happen very often, and for that to happen to them two years in a row... Um, that just, I mean, they're just one of those snake bin teams in the tournament that, that can't get anything done, and uh, they always stick out in my mind just because I've seen those upsets a couple times and I've witnessed them. So, yeah. No, you got I, anything you want to add for Vanderbilt? Yeah, they have one first-round win in the past 10 years. Yeah, they have last turn, and the last tournament win was in 2012. Yeah, and uh, so obviously zero Sweet 16, appearance, Sweet 16 appearances, which for me is like kind of a good gauge, like, you can make it that far, think, yeah. then you're going to start playing the real good teams, and like you can compete with them. If you win, obviously you're one of the better teams, but I mean, making it there proves to me that you're one of the better college basketball programs. If you can make it to the Sweet 16 consistently, make it to the Elite Eight consistently, I mean, even more power to you, just yeah. like the Xavier Musketeers. Absolutely. And so. I believe we have the same number one. I think everyone has the same number one. Yes, the Georgetown Hoyas. Georgetown Hoyas, yep. Um, you want to. You can go ahead and give the stats here, and I can add, add something. If yeah, so the six appearances in the ten years, also a great feat, making it at least every other year. Mm-hmm. Um, zero Sweet 16s, like I said, that's that was something that I really looked at. Um, they averaged a three seed, so they, they're playing a bunch of mid-majors that they should beat. Um, yeah, I mean, you got the FGCU game. You got a uh, seed. What is they it? Lost Hunter. RJ Hunter yeah. from deep. Yeah, they lost to OU. Oh, yeah. I don't think RJ Hunter was against them. I think it was Baylor. Oh, because Xavier got him in the second round. Yes, yes, yes. Um, but yeah, they lost to Ohio. They lost to Florida Gulf Coast, right? Yeah. yeah. Um, so yeah, it's just you know, I mean, and I think for them too, it's just they're supposed to be like a blue blood almost. Right. Like, I mean, their history's there. They yeah. don't have any recent. And the funny history. thing about Georgetown is they they had, they did make a Final Four, but it was uh, the year before we cut off this. Wow. It was in 2007. Who so. they have? Was that Roy Hibbert in them? It might have been. Probably. It was, uh, yeah, that make that would probably make sense. Um, so, yeah, uh, I got a couple honorable mentions I'll just throw out there. Clemson, Notre Dame, and Pitt. Um, won't go into too much detail. Just kind of, you know, similar pattern, just losing early to, to lower seeds. So, you know, if you're doing your if you're doing your brackets, uh, don't bet on these teams. For sure, for sure. Also got to give a, uh, bring up a, a, one point that I found while researching this. Um, so two teams here. Um, one I would say is considered a basketball school. One is not, and they've been seen as one of the worst bas- like big schools in recent years. So uh, Michigan, um, they've made a good run the past couple of years, but in the past 10 years they have two Final Fours, three Elite Eights, four Sweet Sixteens, and eight total appearances. Obviously that looks really great resume-wise. Um, but then if you compare them to a school like Ohio State, who uh, in the media, obviously in recent years they haven't been great, but in the past 10 years um, our resume is exactly the same. Uh, two Final Fours, three Elite Eights, one more Sweet 16 in them, and one more appearance. Um, on average, OSU has a higher seed than Michigan, and on average in the past 10 years, we're averaging three more wins. Um, I would say that in the past five years, Michigan's definitely been the better better team, but in the 10-year span, uh, this was just something that I found really interesting, and I wish that OSU-Michigan basketball rivalry um, was a lot bigger than it is. It's kind of something that you just see, like, oh, Ohio State's playing Michigan in basketball, Michigan's going to win, no big deal. But in reality, it's like this should be – one of the better college basketball rivalries, especially with Rivalry Week right now. Mm-hmm. Um, Nate, we just got to let everyone know what's the best uh, rivalry in all of sports. All of sports? Yeah. Um, I mean, we're talking probably what, FCC, Columbus Crew? Uh, that and... Xavier, UC? Yeah, exactly. I just messed with you, yeah, I know. Um, yeah, that's a good point, I think. Um, I think the Michigan-OSU basketball d- dynamic has been kind of weird because if you go back and started in 2009 or 2008 or whatever, and you go five years from there, um, Ohio State probably seems like the better program. Right, for sure. And then from there, from that point on to now, Michigan definitely seems better. Um, But I I do think in both of those uh, time periods, you know, OSU wasn't too far behind Michigan, and Michigan wasn't too far behind OSU. Right. um, 
You know, another thing, like, the reason we wanted to do this is, like, people really just base success off NCAA tournament success, really. For sure. Um, but, yeah. I mean, I these are teams that when I see the brackets that come out, these are, these, like, when I just, I was like, oh, what team's coming to mind that mm-hmm. I'd never pick? And, like, I picked these teams as well as, like, teams like IU, but then I looked into it, and I'm like, these teams kind of performed decently well. Right. But, uh, yeah, it's something interesting. I definitely think it's something you should take into your bracket because it's not like, oh, it's a one-time fluke, like Virginia losing to the 16 seed. Virginia's been a one seed three times and has made one Elite Eight in their yeah, past ten years. I'm, it's like, like, a big believer in, like, if that's a characteristic of your culture, your team, it's gonna, it's gonna carry on. Right, um, for sure. Into, into uh, every season, you know, if you have the same coach and, and same type of system. Right. Um, you know, I, I do want to point out. So I was looking at, you know, if you look at Wisconsin's history, because they have, they're a team that's underperformed at times. If you look at Pitt, like I mentioned before, uh, Notre Dame, Florida State is on my list. Um, they all have one thing in common, and that's. Uh, each of those teams has lost a game to a low, lower seeded Xavier team at some point or another. Just wanted to throw that out there and just uh, say that you know we're we tend to overachieve. I, I know what happened last year and two and three years ago, but um, you know that's us trying to make that transition from being a team that can overperform as an underdog to do what they should do as a um, as a regular as dog. a regular dog. But yeah, and this year hasn't been going well. We'll get into that later. Um, for sure, but touch, yeah. you know, just talking about March Madness and the big stage. What are two? Give me two prospects, NCAA prospects, to watch in the tournament. Ah, oh, to watch in the tournament. Okay, so one guy I have Cam Johnson, UNC. Um, he's their leading scorer. Uh, he's a fifth-year senior, so he's kind of a guy that NBA scouts might be turned off of, um, just because of how old he is and how they just love to groom young talent rather than just take efficient dudes and put him in the game and they produce. They'd rather have an 18-year-old dude that doesn't play for three years that they get credit for making great. Um, but he's shooting 48% from three, which is absolutely absurd. Um, he's taking – or he's, he's also shooting 66% troop shooting percentage, so he's just shooting – he's really efficient overall. He's got a 25.2 player efficiency rating, which uh, in the NBA, like an all-star, was like around a 23 uh, average. Zion is was at 45 earlier this season. So That's he's not true. obviously one of the best players in college basketball, but he's a really exciting guy to watch. Yeah. Um, me personally, this dude's a six foot nine guard, um, and he can just stroke it. And I love watching him shoot. Um, he can light up the game, and he can change the whole atmosphere mm-hmm. of uh, the way the game's going, the momentum. For sure. He can just hit two big bombs, and uh, UNC's right back in it. Um, but my other guy will not be playing in the tournament this year. Oh, okay. His name is Bull Bull. Oh. Um, I've loved Bull Bull since uh, like for two years now been watching him and Sharif play. Um, unfortunate that both of them are hurt. Yeah. Um, but Bobo is uh, averaging 21 points, nine rebounds, and three blocks. He's a seven foot two dude that can play small forward. He looks like he can play guard. He can dribble pass. Um, reminds me kind of like a, a little bit of a more athletic Jokic. Obviously not nearly as good. Mm-hmm. Um, but he's a smart basketball player, really good on the defensive end. And yeah. uh, I wish he would have been able to take Oregon to the tournament. I like that comparison. Um, my two guys, first of all, uh, one of the best players in the country that doesn't get a ton of attention, uh, Marcus Howard from Marquette. Yep. You know, uh, I didn't even look up stats on these guys. Just take my word for it and go watch them. I mean, the dude scored 50 he, points twice yeah, in his career so he's far. He's a dog. He's a bucket getter. Um, it's fun to watch. And then another guy, might be my favorite player in college basketball right now, Kobe White, point guard for UNC. Just really plays basketball the way it's supposed to be played. Um I don't know. You just watch that guy and, and immediately think, you know, you want, you wish he was your point guard, and uh, he he makes big time plays and gets his teammates involved. Just fun to watch. So, two UNC guys. Two UNC guys. Um, but speaking of, uh, co- we're continuing college basketball. We got our final four picks oh, um, yes. way too early on. Um, we don't even know the seedings or who could be matched up against right. who. So this, this could, could all be, be in the same. Yeah, they could play each other, all of them, or one of them could play all three of them. Probably not all of them, but yeah, probably you know. not. Um, but so we'll start it off. You want to go one, one and one, or you want to give our four? Or? Let's, give, let's just give our four since okay. it's the final four. Yeah, know? for sure. Um, so I have Kentucky, yep, Michigan, Duke, and UNC. Um, Kentucky playing really well. I just like their team a lot. They've got some experience this year. Michigan, I would say, um, 
Honestly, when I watch them sometimes, they don't look great, but I think Beeline gets them going right around tournament time lately. He's been able to do that, and they have a lot of guys returning from last year's uh, championship team, or they lost in the championship. Um, and I, I do like their team a lot. And then uh, UNC obviously just went, I know Zion got hurt, but went into Duke and just, you know, kind of handled them and, and really gave them the business, beat them by, by 20. Um, I really like UNC. I have all year. And then, you know, Duke, I think Zion's going to be back. You know, they just came out and said that it's just a grade one sprain, so he should be back hopefully in a, a week or two. Um, I do think he's going to play. And I just, they're too talented for me to, like, leave them out and feel good about myself. So. Yeah, I mean, I respect those a lot. I have two of the same teams, so I got Kentucky and UNC. I actually have UNC winning it all. Okay. Um, I had this pick before they beat Duke yesterday, so I was kind of upset that they went in and handled yeah, sure, their business man. really well. No um, but UNC is a team that they've put up a, over 100 like five times this mm -hmm. year, um, and just to be able to do that, you got to have some bucket getters on your team. And for me, come tournament time, it's all about guys who can get buckets, yep. uh, which is why I also have Marquette on my list, like you said, Ooh. Marcus Howard. I was tempted um, to pick him. I think he's going to just go all, they all have a out. Great starting lineup too. He's, he's a stud, and mm -hmm. I think he's a guy, like, in crunch time, you need a bucket. In college basketball, it's a dude that's going to go one-on-one. -on -one. You're not going to draw up some, like, crazy play to get a shot. You're going to give it to your best player and let him go at, go at the defender. Mm -hmm. um, I got Kentucky as well. Dominated Tennessee. Um, they just look great right now. They're a team that uh, early on I didn't think were going to be that good, that good, but like Kentucky always does, they're young guys. Um, they learn the system. They they get used to the, the college basketball system, and they just perform better later on. Um, in my last spot, I really haven't figured that out completely yet, but I'm going to go with Nevada. Like I said, bucket getters, the twins over there. Um, there's some good they're, – they're just a talented team. I love their coach. He gets excited, uh, brings a lot of energy. Um, you saw it after the Texas yeah. win. Um, not worried about the loss last night? No. I, okay. I mean, I didn't even see that they lost last night, but if I'm going to be completely honest, but I'm not worried about one regular season loss. I no, think no. that they're uh, a really talented team. I, I'd love to see a team like Buffalo get in. I want to see the small schools do well. Mm -hmm. um, but That's like the great thing about college basketball. Yeah, exactly. I mean, just team basketball also does well, but I'm going to go Nevada here for my right. four. But I got UNC winning it all. That's my pick. I like your picks. I don't really like Nevada, if I'm being honest. But, That's fair. Uh, We'll see. I mean, there's some. They they performed well last year. You gotta trust the process, you know. Absolutely. But, I mean, that's all we got for the college basketball, I believe. Nate, you got anything else you want to add in here? Go Muskies. You think the Xavier's got a shot? Um. We probably have to win out from this point in the season, but. If they won out and didn't win the Big East, you think they'd make it? Probably have to either win the Big East tournament or went out and losing the championship if they win the Big East tournament they get in automatically. I'm just saying, we have to either oh win the Big East tournament or win out losing the championship okay yeah but uh we'll get into that a little bit later for sure a little bit later in like five seconds here yeah we'll give a uh, good old Benny Haller a call yeah we got to give Ben Haller um huge fan of the podcast some insight. he might be talking to the players I'm not sure I mean he's got he's also a rapper right um oh I'm so hyped you ever heard that song? Um, Might have heard it on the radio. He also put out a Christmas album like two Christmases ago. It was pretty fire. Uh, how to? I forget. You know. We'll have to ask him. But anyways, yeah, yeah. We'll, we'll talk to him about it. We'll, we'll get the insight on the Musketeers because uh, you know, if you're a Musketeer fan, you're obviously listening to this, and if you're a UC fan, um, you know, stop listening. Stop to listening this. or. We'll never talk about UC on this podcast in a, in a good light, so um, that's all I have to say about that. Yeah. All right, so um, now we're going to go ahead and uh, give you guys our phone call with, uh, I believe his name is Ben Haller. Um, he's a big Xavier fan. Um Good basketball player himself, good football player. We're really excited to have him on, mainly going to talk some Xavier hoops. Uh, also, he's going to give us a little insight to his uh, his technical foul he received the other night. I'm sure Brad was not too happy about that one. Um, but, yeah, my brother, Ben Howard. We are joined by uh, Xavier super fan, um, hothead, Dr. Technical, uh, whatever you want to call him. We're joined by Ben Haller here, Nate's brother. Um, ben, how you doing? Um, great. Happy to be here, Patch. 
good. We're glad we're glad to have you. So first, before we get hey. into any Xavier hey. talk, hey Ben. Uh, we just wanna we just wanna ask what was going through your head when you got that technical. Um, I just wanted to know it was a bogus call by the referee. I player walked up to me, shut my mouth, didn't say anything, and I guess the ref. I don't know what the ref was thinking, but uh, I ended up getting a technical, and that was my fifth foul, so I was out of the game. Oh, Dang! Man. Wow. Um, were you kind of like feeling like JP McCure in that moment? No, if I was feeling. <laughs> <laughs> love it, point. love it. So, um, Ben, you and I are both big Xavier fans. Uh, Patch here too. We're pick and rolls, just big Xavier, Xavier people. Um, kind of a disappointing year so far. What do you, what do you, uh, what's been the main reason for that? What do you think? You, you're closer to it than I am at this point. Uh, I believe there are multiple reasons. Um, one, we just we lost a lot. That's that's for sure. We lost. Three starters, all mm-hmm. three are leading scores. Also, two main role players, uh, our sixth and seventh man. And I think that's affecting us greatly. We don't have the talent, as we didn't have that great of a recruiting class coming in this year. And I just don't think we're being able to get it done on the court. That's a good point. Uh, definitely when you lose a guy, guys like Blue and Makira. Um, uh, yeah, Ben, so one of the main issues I've noticed with Xavier has been turnovers. Uh, do you think a guy like Paul Scruggs can make the step next year um, in the right direction and turn the Xavier program around? I think they have decent amount of talent to make the tournament. Um, I think that they've been underperforming a lot this year, um, especially a guy like Scruggs with his uh, just like carelessness with the ball. Um, so what are your thoughts on Scruggs this season and his future with Xavier? interesting thing about Quentin Gooden, Ben, I don't know if you knew this, but he just uh, moved into third place all by himself, all-time Xavier assists. Um, did you know that? I did see that. Um, he is, he is, um, he, he, he's really great with the assists. He turns the ball over, but assists is one of his biggest, biggest strengths. And yeah. he's not great, real great with scoring the ball, but Don't you agree that he's been uh, kind of a disappointment this year? I thought he was going to be a stud. He, he, he helped lead us to an Elite Eight and a number one seed. So uh, I thought mainly, like, I think his lack of a good season is kind of the reason we've been so bad. Yeah, coming into this year, uh, we really were hoping he'd be our leader, step up. But I think his lack of – he's been playing well and also lack of leadership has really shown on the Ooh. court this year. Yeah, he got ejected from a game. And it's yeah. got a few technicals, I think. So, just not 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 being the mature point guard everyone thought he was. Um, ben, what last night? I don't know. If, I kind of I told you and Dad this, but uh, so Xavier was up 15 with four and a half minutes to go, and we scored two points the rest of the way, won the game by one. And I thought this was kind of funny I, when I went back and watched the highlights. Uh, the winning basket that Xavier scored was uh, two, four, two minutes and 47 seconds left in the game to take us from 68 to 70, and we did not score another point. So that seems to be a kind of a common theme. We blow leads and just can't finish games. Yeah, like I was saying earlier, a lot of that is a lot of turnovers down the stretch, yeah. and those turnovers, we can't get buckets when we need them. That's true. Three-point shooting has been uh, – there's been a huge lack of three-point shooting. Scruggs and Welch are the only guys shooting above 33% from three. Um, yeah, and Welch can't play defense, so it's kind of tough to put him out there. But, yeah. Yeah, and part of that also, too, is um, we got guys like Najee Marshall and Quinn Gooden who aren't shooting above 30% mm-hmm. from three that are just taking just way too many threes. Yes. It's almost like a turnover when their shot goes up. <laughs> That's brutal. But well, uh, Marshall career night last night, 28 points. Tyreek Johnson at 18-15. You know, we're talking about how bad of a season we're having, but 
three uh, three Big East wins in a row, two road games. Like that's pretty encouraging. It is. We're on a hot streak right now, and um, someone who's really playing really hot right now is uh, Tyreek Jones stepping yeah. into a little bit of a leadership role. He's a junior. Mm-hmm. One of the him and Quentin Benton are two juniors, only ones that have been to Xavier for been at Xavier for more than two years. That's true. Um, so Ben, another all the fans are wondering out there. Uh, does Xavier have any shot at making the tournament if they don't win the Big East tournament at this point? Um, looking at our resume right now, if they don't win the Big East tournament, I'd say no. Mm-hmm. We we went out, we pick up a couple, few more Quadrant One wins, but yeah, I still don't think it gets us there. I would agree with that. Um, I know you're. Uh, I know the guys there at Xavier uh, love you. Uh, you know, social media personality. Do you, you talk to Tyreek or, or Q lately at all? Uh, not those two in particular, no. Oh, well, who have you talked to? Um, talk to Scruggs a little bit. I okay. will say that. Yeah. What's he, what do you talk to? Are you just, like, encouraging him or what? What's, what's that? Yeah, like? just, just telling him, middle of the season, keep your head up. Uh, no one has been a great season, yeah. but just keep playing. Does he appreciate that? Yeah, I do. Um... All right, Ben. Patch, you got any more questions? Yeah, Ben. Okay. So, uh, Travis Steele, that's a coach, correct? Correct. Uh, so, it's his first year with Xavier, obviously losing a, a tremendous coach in Chris Mack to Louisville. Mm-hmm. Um, but, uh, obviously, it's been sort of a rebuild year. But what are your just initial impressions on Travis Steele's first season? Obviously, he's one of the better recruiters um, in the country, I'd say, mm-hmm. um, bringing in guys like uh, Trayvon Blewett, J.P. McCure, Edmund yeah. Sumner, just some big names right there. But uh, what are your thoughts on him and his coaching style? So I wouldn't, I wouldn't judge him yet, or we yeah. can't see anything about his coaching style. Yeah, it's yeah. tough to tough to judge a coach when uh, he's playing with like the guys he didn't really recruit. It's not his class. Um, you know, people forget when Chris Mack was at Xavier, his first couple seasons they were really good because it was uh, Sean Miller's players, like uh, you know Crawford and Holloway and those guys. Um, but then, you know, after those guys left, Mac had a couple pretty poor years in Xavier Standards. So um, people are always quick to judge coaching, but they forget that Mac didn't have a great start either. So, yeah. Yeah, I think it'll be, I think it'll be, it should be better next year, especially in two years with that great recruiting class coming in. I agree. I got, I got one more question, Ben. So obviously Xavier's having a, a pretty poor year, especially for their standards. Um, you and your family, season ticket holders. Cintas still rocking? Yeah, I would say that's that is, uh, been, that's been great. one of the most loyal fan bases in the country for sure. Are you going? Are you going to the game Sunday? Villanova coming to town? Oh, you're going to be I'll in. Be, yeah. I'll be in Florida on Sunday. Ah, you hate to see it. You uh, won the tournament, so you're going. To, you won the third place game, so you're going to Disney World. Yes, that's that's what I told him. All right, well. Uh, I have one more non-Xavier question. Sorry about this. Uh, <laughs> so earlier on our podcast, we talked about the. Uh, Biggest underperformers in uh, NCAA tournament, like in the past ten years. Just off the top of your head, what's a team that comes to mind when you think of a team that always underperforms in the tournament? The top of my head. Well, in the last ten years is a tough question for me because. Uh, True. <laughs> ten years ago, you were what? You were what? Five years old ten years ago. Yeah, that's, that's true. Okay, last five years. Last five years. Well, I hate to say it, but. Xavier has been underperforming. Wow. That's true. That's true. And I will say, I guess in the last five years, I mean, you know, losing as a one seed to an eight and a two to a seven, but also making the sweet the elite eight as an eleven and the sweet sixteen as a six. Um, I don't know if I agree with that, but I respect your opinion, sir. Yeah, Ben, just for your uh, just to make you happy, um, after you got a third place dub today. Uh, UC has made the tournament eight times in this 10-year span, um, and they've only made one Sweet 16. Just something to, you know, take home with this interview and just feel really good about yourself <laughs> about because UC's oh, yeah, garbage. That's something I always have in my mind. Never forget that. 
Never yeah. forget that. Uh, but we really appreciate you coming on, yeah, taking the time to speak with us, especially after a game. You know, we're probably exhausted from just bodying people down low, mm-hmm. um, getting in the refs' on, ears. Yeah, congrats on a great season. Um, Thank you. Good luck with football, and uh, I'll know when the next time I'll see you is, but uh, look forward to it. Yeah, I look forward to seeing you as well. Thanks for having me, guys. Yep, yep. see ya. My uh, new favorite sport here, uh, baseball, MLB, big baseball guy here. Basketball. I love chewing uh, big league chew. Um, I love hitting dingers. And I love uh, ground ball grape. Oh, ground ball grape might be the best flavor ever invented. True. Um, but we're going to hit it off. We're going to give our divisional champs. Um, I got the Reds, obviously, in the divisional champs. Yeah, Patch um, really showed his growth and baseball knowledge here, and I was really proud of him. So. Yeah, I mean, I really took a step in the right direction um, for my baseball knowledge here. Um, I, I mean, I obviously had teams like the Red Sox making the playoffs, but I also had some hot takes here. Um, you'll find out what those hot takes were. Uh, we also talked the Manny Machado trade and how Scooter Jeanette's had a better career than Manny Machado. Um, wow. Just a hot take. but Scolding hot, ice cold. But, like, if you look at the n- numbers, don't lie. Um, that's all I got to say. Okay. Numbers never lie is the saying. Um, and also, Scooter hit four home runs in a game. I don't think Manny sure, Machado's ever better. done my that. Bad, I don't bad. think Manny Machado's ever we done that. We were there, yes? We were there, yes. Yeah. Um, so that's, uh, I just, I, Scooter's one of the names I dropped that's better than Manny Machado. I, I listed plenty of names. There's a plethora of people out there. Um, Manny Machado, um, get your money, but, uh, you also just ruined that franchise. Here we go. All right, Nate. So, uh, we'll start off with the AL here. Um, so my three divisional winners mm-hmm. that I got from the AL, uh, I got the Red Sox. Yeah. Shocking. Um, I got the Indians coming out of the worst division in all of baseball. All of sports, according to Max Civic. All of sports, according to Max Civic, um, as well as I got the Houston Astros. Patch, I could not agree more with your take there. You really, you really started out your baseball. I'm, I'm, uh, I'm diving in this year. I'm, I'm proud of you, man. It's easy for me to want to watch baseball when the Reds have Yasiel Puig. When Puig loves red. <laughs> Puig, red is my color. I love uh, Ohio, um, but... Who you got in the NL? Yeah, for my NL, um, I got the Phillies here. Mm-hmm. Uh, I, I was always a big Philly guy growing up. Oh, yeah. Uh, just big Philly him. guy? Just loved Ryan Howard. Um, he's Maybe gonna, the uh, Phillies won't be processing so much. Yeah, I mean, they're less processing. They're more complete than the Philadelphia 76ers. Mm-hmm. But, yeah, uh, Phillies was always a big Ryan Howard dude growing up, Chase Utley. Uh, so they're a team that, you know, it might be a little bold prediction um, to pick them over the Braves, but I'm going to go with them. Um, yeah, you might be shocked by this here. Um, I'm going to the Reds. Um, it's a bold pick, obviously, with the Milwaukee Brewers being one of the better teams in baseball, as well as the Cubs, as well as the Cardinals, all just being great. Um, it's going to be a, a crazy division this I'm year. I'm excited. Definitely the best division It's in a baseball. good year to watch baseball for me. It just it's a good is, year to know? get started. Yeah. Um, and then I got the Dodgers. So, okay. I mean, it's not like these are like teams that pretty much were playoff teams last year. Mm-hmm. I mean, they, they made some moves. Other teams didn't make moves. For me, it was pretty obvious besides the Reds pick, which I'm just riding because i gotta see, I got to see not? my boys in the playoffs. Um, so, Patch, I do agree with the Dodgers. Um, they own that division. They've won six straight. I don't even know who else is in the division. Uh, I just Rockies knew that I was picking the, the Dodgers. Well, yeah, that's good That's good knowledge right there. You see, it's like you just knew. Right. But six in a row. You just, it's like Kansas. Who's in the Big 12? Don't know. Kansas. Right. Win. Um, I got... The Cubs coming out of the Central, they they only missed, they only came in second by a game last year, and I think the Brewers are going to come down to earth a little bit, um, and I think the Cubs still the front runners, and then I got the Braves who won the division last year and are only going to be better in my opinion. Um, so yeah, uh, one one interesting thing I noticed when doing some research, um, Bleacher Report had their projected wins, and they um, compared the projected wins to wins from last season, and the Reds were had the highest increase in projected wins. So it seems like everyone's on the Reds' hype train at this point. They're and, not on uh, it enough, let me tell you that. Yeah, though. that's true. But uh, did you see what Votto said to about yeah, his I mean, vertical? No. You didn't see that? No, what did he say? Uh, so he had a higher vertical than Puig. Wow. And uh, they asked him about it, and Votto said, yeah, I'll expletive dunk on his expletive expletive. 
Oh, wow. Yes. I don't even know what he... He's just dunking on him. Yeah, he's just dunking on him. That's all it is. And he thinks they're going to win the division, so that's pretty sweet. And he, he... I mean, they're all just saying they're going to be playing some postseason baseball, and that's all I need to hear. Um, Joey Votto's wanted to just be honest with you, and he uh, he said the locker room just feels different because it feels like they're, they're going to win this year. And um, I'm really excited to be a part of it. Um, I'm going to try and make my way down to the parade this year. Oh, yeah. I used to go. I went like eight years in a row as a kid. Um, so we're going to start that back up. So I'll probably have to miss the first one, but I'll be at the second one. The second parade? Mm -hmm. After the uh, season. Yes, for sure. We'll, we'll have two Reds parades. Yeah. Uh, the Reds and FC Cincinnati. Oh, wow. Uh, but, Nate, did you pick wild cards? I went ahead and did it just because I was just all in on the baseball train this week. You know, I didn't, but you want me to just – I mean, it's uh, – yeah. I'll just go off the top of my head here. Off the top. All off right. the dome. No problem. So Reds, Cardinals, and uh, – and, uh, you know, I'm not going to pick the Reds to win the division. I'm not going to get that crazy, but, I mean, we're going to make the playoffs. But you're having the Brewers out. Yeah. Okay. Um, and then in the AL, Yankees and Oakland, Oakland A's. Great. Um, so my wild cards, I got the Yankees and Oakland. Mm -hmm. I got the Cardinals and I got the Brewers. I like that. I'm leaving the Cubs out. That's, um, that's it's, bold. it's bold. It's yeah. bold, but... I think it's just the Reds are going to be so dominant this year that they're going to dictate how the rest of the division turns out. Um, it's that dominant, huh? Yeah. And, uh, you know, my boy uh, Paul Goldschmidt is on the Cardinals now. He's yeah. a guy that if you're playing MLB Beat the Streak, this is kind of how I base it. You, you got to stress that enough. You got to pick Paul Goldschmidt, and you got to pick Jose Altuve, and I can't leave him out of the playoffs. Patch, I imagine you're going to be really into Beat the Streak this year. Oh, I'm going to be in. I'm yeah. going to probably get 52 in a row, um, if I'm going to be completely honest. Um, but let's move on to some interesting stuff that happened during the free agency of the yeah, MLB. Yeah. There's a guy um, by the name of Manny Machado. Mm -hmm. Just signed a 10-year, $300 million deal. Yep. Um, just, we'll just give some reactions, our thoughts, like what you... Well, my first reaction is that's a boatload of cash. Second, My second reaction is Padres, question mark, and then... My third reaction is that really sucks for Machado because they're not going to make the playoffs. Yeah, so my... Any time that he's there. My, and that's bold for 10 years down the road, but not not in the next five years. I, I completely, don't think make the completely agree. So my first reaction was you should probably be able to hit over 300 if you're going to get paid $300 million. Apparently Bryce Harper's going to get similar to that, and he was in 250, so... Yeah, well, Manny Machado in his whole career has never had a season over 300. He's had a partial season over 300 with the Orioles, where he was like 317 mm -hmm. but over the whole season. Zero seasons over 300. Um, and I, I just put down some guys that have had some seasons over 300, just okay. to give you a reference. So first off, we'll start with the worst guy with a couple seasons over 300. What do you mean worst guy? Just like just, These are just guys that I just was like, I love these guys, and I'm going to research them. And uh, just like he, overall, he's the worst player out of my people that I'm comparing to Manny Machado. That I'm comparing to Manny Machado. Right. I'm saying, but this is your opinion. Yeah. Okay. Yeah. I'm, so, Scooter Jeanette. Beast. Right now. But, like, his career-wise, he's only had two seasons over 300. But you know what, how much he's making? Like... Nine five, million a year. Yeah, yeah. Nine million a year, and he's already had more seasons over 300 than Manny Machado. Um, you know, next, we're going to go with uh, Paul Goldschmidt. Goldie. You know how much he's making? $56 million. $7 million a year. What? For... I mean, maybe like 56 well, I, total. I, no, yeah, my bad. I'm, I'm doing per right. year. Yeah, yeah, yeah. But uh, he's had three seasons over 300. Three more than Manny Machado. Mm -hmm. Up next. Joey Votto. Jose Altuve. Okay. Uh, What's he making? He's making $24 million a year. So he's Beast. making, what, I mean, five seasons over 300. I mean, that he's deserving it. Yeah. This is just based off batting also. Uh, next, we got Joey Votto. Uh, he's making 22 and a half. Uh, five seasons over 300. Um, and last, we have Mike Trout, uh, 24 million, making, or he's had six seasons over 300. Um, so these guys are all making less than Manny Machado and have had way more seasons over batting average over 300 than Manny Machado. Um, Joey Votto and Mike Trout nearly have, like M Manny Machado's, uh, I want to say on base percentage is in the 300s. Joey Votto and Mike Trout over that time is near the 450s. Um, they just get on base a ton, um, but Manny Machado just. Um, I mean, good for him. Get the money. Like, I'm not going to blame anybody for getting $300 million, but the Padres, you're just blowing it completely. Yeah, I think of the guys you mentioned, I think Machado's might be the, might be the only – he might only be better, in my opinion, than Scooter at this point in his career. Yeah. Um, so it is pretty crazy. 
I did I knew Machado was gonna get a big deal. It didn't strike me as um, he didn't strike me as a guy that was gonna break the record. Get for that type of money. Um, he also I think has one of the worst attitudes in baseball. Yeah, and he's um, a dirty player. He's just not a guy I'd want in my. Yeah, my but life. you know it makes sense that the Padres would give him that money. It seems kind of like a small market. We we want somebody to. Yeah, but well, I, they haven't had any type of good baseball or even like good players since like Tony Gwynn Senior. Yeah, I mean shout so, out to shout out to Manny Machado though. Going to San Diego, nice city. Um, he's yeah, making three hundred million. So good for him. But uh, just an awful deal by the Padres. How about Puig? Oh yes, Yasiel Puig. Um, not sure if it, if you guys saw it, but if you didn't, you're you're pretty blind to Cincinnati sports. Uh, Yasiel Puig, I believe he said, uh, if the manager gives me the money I want, I will stay in Cincinnati for as long as he wants. I love Ohio. I love red. Red is my color. Um, That's pretty good right there. Guys. So, uh, I mean, I'm just excited because I know he's staying now. I mean, we're, we're going to give him the money because he's going to bring in the money for us. Uh, like we said last last podcast, July 17th, Yasiel Puig bobblehead night. Um, it's yeah, something mark that, your calendars if you haven't. Like, seriously. That I, I wouldn't be shocked if that event sold out. Um, by that point, July 17th will probably be one of the best teams in the MLB, mm-hmm. um, looking on the from the top down. So I think that uh, that's just going to be a great. Yeah, sorry, I was trying to pull up the trying to pull up the the soundbite here. I can't find it. I'm failing everybody. Um, sorry, but I mean. I really don't need to. Patch gave a great impression there. I mean, that was pretty good. Not going um, No, yeah, yeah, definitely. And uh, that does make me pretty excited. Um, he's a good player. Now, you know, he's no, he's really not a superstar. No. So let's hope he doesn't ask for too much money. I agree. Uh, but, but if he's reasonable and uh, the money that he wants and we give it to him, I'd be uh, pretty ecstatic. I'd be pretty ecstatic as well. My favorite baseball player on my favorite team, my only team, the Cincinnati Redlegs. Um, is that all we got for baseball? You got anything else you want to add? No. Um, oh, we got to give a quick shout out. Uh, our boy JT Real Muto got traded, okay. not to the Reds. So, sorry to hear. Um, that's why I picked the Phillies um, to make the playoffs. I mean, yeah, like since Real Muto's on the Phillies, they're probably my second favorite team this year. So right. Yeah, I'd agree. Big Real Muto guys. Yeah, for sure. Um, also, just shout out to the Kings. Uh, they did really well in the uh, All Star Weekend. Mm-hmm. Buddy Heel did well. De'Aaron Fox did well. Um, and they did great in the USA World Game. So our team, the Kings, is doing great. This um, is really off topic, but I kind of wanted to talk about it. Did you predict anything right over All-Star Weekend? I don't think I did. Me neither, except... I had Luca. I had Buddy. I was close. I had Paul George winning MVP. So we both we had, we both had Buddy winning three-point, right? Yeah. He was close. He wasn't made to the finals. Oh, we both had Team LeBron winning. True. I mean... <laughs> Come on. Uh, and then I had Trey Young winning the skills challenge. Ah, and Tatum. Which he should have won. Tatum savaged it. My boy Tatum hit a half court. He stole Luca's idea. Shot. Just so saying. That was pretty sick. Yeah. Um, so, yeah, not baseball, but the more important sport nonetheless. Basketball. Basketball. That's, uh, it for, uh, that's it for basketball. Yeah, that's all we got for baseball. We're going to go into the uh, Would You Rathers here, and uh, they were just, it, uh, you'll see, yeah. Yeah, it was tough. Um, pick and rolls follow, so yeah. check it out. Yeah, enjoy. Maybe. Hey, first one we got here is, would you rather be humiliated by your family or be humiliated by your friends? By my family. Yep, completely agree. I don't know if I feel good about this one. Oh, 68.32. We're moving on. We're rocking and rolling. Would you rather live in a zombie apocalypse or robot apocalypse? Uh, I'd rather... I mean... This one's really tough for me. Like, I wouldn't want to live in either, but I think zombie apocalypse, you have a better chance of surviving. That's exactly what I was thinking. I think robots are just too advanced and they'd take us out real quick. I think zombie apocalypse, if I'm trying to live, um, I think robot apocalypse, never. Never. Ah, people said... Robot apocalypse. We are done. Jeez, man. If you're anyone that uh, answered for all you, you know, millions of listeners, if you guys, if any of you said robot apocalypse, I'd love to know what what your reasoning is there. Maybe you just like thought it'd be like a cooler way to die. Like, I don't know. 
Because like, you're definitely dying. I agree. You're definitely. There's no way you're not dying. I mean, it's just happening. Um, and there's just been so many robot movies that scare me. I mean, zombies, sure, it might be a little scary, but they move slow. Have you ever seen a fast-moving zombie? Maybe a crawler in Black Ops, but uh, besides yeah. that, no, they're no. slow. And, like, I mean, have you ever seen iRobot? Right, exactly what I was thinking, dude. Like, Crazy. I don't know. We're already halfway there to a robot apocalypse. I'm just anyways. upset that it's over. I was really excited for a long run there. Well, we're, like, we're two bad weeks in a row, so. Yeah, I kind of feel like Xavier right now, just staying down after a good start. Maybe not a good start, but just not playing well right now from the Would You Rather Three side. in a row for Xavier, so let's, let's take it easy. Hey, we got two in a row. We got one in a row there. True. That's um, almost a win streak. Yeah, but that's it for the Would You Rathers. Uh, we'll move on to some pick and rolls. All right, one marquee segment followed by another. We're going on to the pick and rolls. Nate, I'll start it off. Okay. Um, Hit me. The Celtics still have the best chance of the East to take down the Warriors in the finals. Give me the, is this true, false, bluff, or no bluff, yes, no? Just you believe this or no? Do the Celtics still have the best chance to take down the Warriors? Uh, this the was, that was a perfect opportunity to say, to give back, to bring back the bluff or no bluff. I know, but we had you to. You bluffed it. It's retired. Oh, okay. Then, uh, yeah. They yeah. do, yes. They have the best overall team, in my opinion. Um, the best coach. And um, they do have a superstar, a guy like Kyrie, who... You know, out of the super superstars in the East, he probably is the third best one. Um, Depending what? on your opinion. I mean, yeah, that's just my opinion. That's fair. You don't agree? I think he might be second or over maybe Kawhi? first. Yeah. Inter- over Giannis is clearly number one. In my Anyways, yeah, I think they do. They're a team that has uh, a lot of playoff experience and guys like Kyrie who. Uh, won a, won a, I was going to say national championship, who have won a championship, um, and Al Horford, veterans like that. So, uh, you know, I, I, I do think the Bo- that Boston still has the best chance to get out of the East. Yeah, I, I agree. Sadly agree, but I agree. Okay. My pick and roll, spell Antetokounmpo. A-N-T-T-O-K-O-U-N-M-P-O. Antetokounmpo. Dope. It's easy for me, bro. It's easy when you're a diehard Bucks fan. It's just slight work. Spell Hoyt. MVP. Yes. Wow. Fun it. I love it. Um, pick and roll. Um, so FCC. I, I got another one here. For FCC oh, sure, is sure. one to sixty-six odds to win the title. Are you mm-hmm. trying to bluff no bluff? You're willing to go fifty dollars with me, put a hundred down, and win six thousand. Oh 000. no, no, I can't bet. Hypothetically. Oh yeah, sure. You're not gonna actually do this, but I might. Um, so. It's something I'm intrigued about. I love that about. bet, dude. It's I, mean, I mean, it's slight work. I wish we were a little underhyped compared to what we're at right now. But, uh, you know, I think FCC's got a legit chance. I mean, we just tied Chicago Fire last night, playing Columbus Crew in a couple of days. Um, we're looking good. We got a good squad. And uh, Alan Cruz, don't forget it. Also, don't forget to subscribe, um, retweet, follow us on Twitter, Instagram. Um, we're on iTunes. We're on SoundCloud, soon to be on Spotify. Um, But that was a little pick. And that was a little roll. This is the pick and roll report.